Hello and welcome to a fan commentary for the 1998 movie The Faculty, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, I'm Jimmy and I am joined by my good friend Jen. Hello, Jen. Hello. Um, we are going to watch the movie together. We have it paused after the Dimension Films logo. It's a bit tricky to try and pause it because sometimes you can you get part of the movie, but <laughs> I've paused it at the black screen. Jen's paused it at the black screen. I'll count down three, two, one, say play, and then on play, we'll play the film and we'll watch it all together. So three, two, one, play. So we have a, a quote-unquote football flying through the air. You Americans would call it a football. <laughs> yep. Even though you don't kick the thing, hardly. Um, so, Jen, the faculty. Um, what's your history with this particular movie? Oh, I'm sure I saw it opening weekend. Yeah. Um, big Kevin Williamson fan. Uh, I was obsessed with them at the time. And uh, this is actually my first Robert Rodriguez film. Right, okay. Uh, I can't I can't think what else he'd done. He'd done um, El Mariachi, Desperado. Um, I had seen uh, Four Rooms, but he only did, you know, like oh, one part of that. Wasn't from Dust Till Dawn yes, the year yes. before this? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember. Cinema. God, this coach is really angry. Um, the coach is a dick. I, <laughs> and he a lot doesn't of people prove. in this movie are dick yeah but some of them learn a lesson he's still a dick by the end of the movie he learns nothing <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i saw it opening weekend plus i i was obsessed with elijah wood mm -hmm. um and probably bought it on dvd like it's was, it was probably one of the first movies i got on dvd um although there's no special features so i i was a big dvd snob well i say dvd snob DVDs were like $30 at the time. So yeah. I only bought them if they had special features. Yeah, that's always bugged me that it has no special features. Um, it, it seems to be the, the black sheep in Robert Rodriguez's um, filmography. He doesn't seem to go back to it often. Well, because it's not his. Like, no. it's, it's a studio film. It's not his script. It's not his idea. Um, it's something that, I mean, I don't know the story about it, but I would assume he was, it was probably like a contract thing or something. Um, or maybe he just wanted some money for once. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, or maybe, maybe Harvey uh, bullied him into it. <laughs> uh, what's your history with it? Um, I think I, I, I saw it in the cinema. And um, I remember being fascinated fascinated with it back then because I don't know I just I bought the soundtrack um I just loved the the actors in it I just loved the premise and because I really like sci-fi anyway so and horror so I was just sort of um intrigued by it and I remember having um, oh, sorry, two seconds before I get into that she says that maybe we can use last year's set from our town. But mm -hmm. our town famously doesn't have a set. <laughs> so that, that's a gag right there. <laughs> oh, quite clever. Uh, before we go on, I just want to yeah. tell you, I know why there are no special features. Why? Um, so the budget for this was 15 million, which isn't much. Mm -hmm. um, but opening weekend, it only made 11 million. 
and right. overall like worldwide it made 40 so i'm gonna say they didn't want to sink any money into anything else having to do with this movie yeah but there's there's movies that have like failed that have special features on their dvds or but we're talking about early early days and this wasn't a cult classic or you know like it it didn't really have much of an audience um, and back then they especially Miramax like I remember Miramax didn't do a ton of special feature like that's not something they were known for um, and the ones that did have a ton of special features were like Kevin Smith movies mm-hmm. and those special features came uh, they carried over from Laserdisc yeah but remember though Jen we did a, a podcast recently for Cherry Falls <laughs> and that uh, failed spectacularly that made like hardly any money and um that still gets special features yeah but that was still that was even like a few years later a couple years later like this is like right when they're people aren't buying dvds (laughs) you would think that they would revisit it at least for the blu-ray release i mean this is this is this movie needs to have a special edition it needs it we need I, we need interviews and we need you know just insights and because oh my god <laughs> sorry there's violence yeah there's violence on <laughs> screen um by the way like when you talk about the film he says i've always wanted to do that when he he sticks a finger in our hand and it's like okay maybe get a hobby coach because <laughs> that is a really weird um you know thing to want to do in life mm-hmm. but this opening sequence is really quite tense yeah i remember first time watching it i had no idea what was going to happen um i guessed the identity of the the queen straight away um i don't think they really try to hide it while actually trying to hide it it's strange (laughs) um but i remember some of the marketing um and uh, there was a when i was at college i was doing a um a thing for uh, advertising class and we had marketing and advertising class and we had to uh, look at um, an advert in a newspaper just pick an advert in a newspaper and then talk about it and stuff you know why it's you know how it's selling and the the product to people and I used um, one of a a newspaper advert for the faculty because I've seen the film, and I pointed out that it's a poster. Um, it's like the widely used poster of the school in the background, and then you've got the the, the people like Zeke's at one side, and then it goes down. Uh, Usher's on the other side for some obscure reason, mm-hmm. and then it goes down, and uh, Mary Beth's right in the the end, right at the the back. Um, but there's like a line of light that comes down from the sky, and it's sort of shining on Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it looks like it's shining on her. So I said in this thing that this poster gives away who the queen is. Um, and I got top marks, so that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, that was actually, that, that was the story of my history, part of my history of the movie. I was That was back in 98. So I'd seen the movie by then. So I went to the cinema and saw it. Um, this, right... 
Jen and I host a podcast called So What's the Problem? And we go through films from our youth and then we see if they might be problematic by today's standards. But it's not just all like... It could be little problems like story beats and stuff. Um, and I think this movie could have been covered because as much as I still love this movie, there is some really weird sort of um, story moments in it that don't make sense. Like who lives, who comes back, how they come back. Um, like are the both the... Uh, like, see, right there, um, Piper Laurie, who was Carrie's mum and the original mm-hmm. Carrie, um, she uh, is helping B.B. Newworth's character, the principal, to run away from Robert Patrick, the T-1000. And, um, but that, throughout the film, it's like, are the aliens, the aliens are constantly fighting each other? Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the, the aliens are always fighting each other and even later on they fight their queen or the chaser queen or the it, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, oh, there he is. There's young Elijah who was actually the, the only teenager in the cast. Oh, he's a little hobbit. I know. He was, I think he was 18 when he made this, 19 possibly, but he was still a teenager and everyone else was in their 20s. Yeah, he was born uh, January 28th, 1981. Right. So I know that. That's information I know on top of my head, by the way. Okay, so he was 18. <laughs> um, this was an introduction for a lot of these actors to me, this movie. Obviously, Jordana Brewster, because it was her first movie. Mm-hmm. But I'd never seen... Um, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but Stan. Sean Hattesey? Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him, him in anything before. Aw, uh, look at her. She's so young. She oh, is. Oh, she's going to grow up so fast and furious. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, no, I no. find myself hilarious. No, no, Jen, please don't ever apologise for being <laughs> for being funny. Um. Yeah. So, and also, the, the coach says you look very pretty tonight. Um, and he's the only one that says that. It's just like a weird sort of, there's no link to the aliens, that sort of line. It's just something that he says. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just where some weird sort of character things that don't really work, but I still like it. <laughs> um, and in the background, we can hear um, the instrumental version of Another Brick in the Wall, which is mm-hmm. oh, a I have cover the soundtrack. The, yeah, it's a cover <laughs> of the um, the Pink Floyd. I loved the soundtrack. There was a uh, was that Danny Masterson? He's there. Yeah, he's one of the guys. Uh, yeah, he's there. Yeah. I love this fighting couple. You see them fighting throughout the whole movie. I one so... of them. One of them is um, I can't remember her name. I think it's Leaf Leaf Phoenix. Yeah, is it? She's uh, one of the mm-hmm. Phoenix siblings. X out Danny Masterson. Cancel. Yeah. Um, so Mary Beth, I was really excited to see her in this because when I was um, a kid, like I'm talking elementary school, there was a soap opera on uh, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, or one of our kids' networks. Um, it was called 15. 
was very dramatic and she was one of the stars and I hadn't really seen her in anything since. And now she's been on like 24 and stuff. Mm-hmm. I still think of her from 15 and uh, a young Ryan Reynolds was on that show too. All right. He got around that Ryan Reynolds when he was younger. He was in the tribe as well, which was a Canadian show. It used to air in uh, bank holiday, not bank holidays, summer holidays, um, during I was doing the summer holidays. Yeah, so I was distracted. There's Harry Knowles. I was distracted by a student walked past that teacher there and put her hand on his chest and then walked away again. That was weird. This whole thing is weird. This it is, is weird. It is very weird. <laughs> John Stewart. I know John Stewart for crying out loud. I just, you know, I was, I, I loved so many movies that he was in like I watched Big Daddy I love um playing by heart mm-hmm. like I watched all these movies he was in and he just I remember I'd watch the daily show and he would just rip on all of them and I would get really sad like he was he was not into acting it seems or at least not the the movies he was getting no he, he didn't see me enjoy it but but this, this the cast of the faculty like the actual faculty is very impressive it screams 1990s. <laughs> this, this entire movie screams 1990s. But it's a great cast, though. It is. It's oh, it's so dark. Like it just it it just it makes high school look like the hell that it is. Like that's what I appreciate because yeah, you have so many movies. Like you'll watch something like She's All That or Ten Things I Hate About You, and there's like all these rich kids, and there are these cliques where people seem pretty happy. And, you know, they have their school dances where people are having a good time. And here it's just like, no one seems happy at all. Mm-hmm. And that's high school, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. That's what it's like for a lot of us. Yeah. I love Piper Laurie. Yeah, she's so good and catty. Did you know that she thought that was a comedy? What, she thought Carrie was a comedy? Yeah, like, she thought her character, like, that's why she plays it so big, because she thought it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, true. I I think I did hear that, actually, in the commentary for it. Uh, Famke Jansen. This is another thing I don't like about this movie, and I do love the movie, honestly, um, Mm -hmm. is the relationship between Zeke and the teacher. It's a bit strange. They they pass it off because he's repeating his senior year, so he's 18. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's still a bit well, strange. Okay, let's let's talk about Kevin Williamson and the fact that he must have known a kid who had yeah, an affair with a teacher, he or possibly have. he did. Although I I doubt he did, because on Dawson's Creek, immediately from the first episode, you have an inappropriate relationship with a student and a teacher, and then you have this, and it's just like I really, I think he witnessed something in high school, and I'm sure if I googled it, I would probably find an interview where he mentions it, but. Um, yeah, that's, I think about that sometimes. Um, one thing I really want to talk about with this movie, and this is my biggest problem with the movie, but I also understand get your money where you can, right? Like, mm. like Dylan and I are watching Chuck right now, and Subway uh, Sandwich oh, Restaurant yeah. plays a huge part in the third season because they saved it. Like, they, they funded a lot of it. So I get, I, I don't really have that much of a problem with product placement, but this movie, their wardrobe was made by Tommy Hilfiger. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole Tommy Hilfiger um, ad campaign based around this movie. 
And what drives me crazy is you have characters like, like you have Clea Duvall, mm-hmm. like the goth chick wearing Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. It drives me batty. <laughs> I never, that's some, that is something I never noticed though. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't notice that. There's, and if they don't um, know it, then. Because there's like a little Tommy Hilfiger logo. Mm-hmm. I think it's like red, white, and blue or something. And I might not have even noticed at the time, at least not as soon as I did, except the campaign was huge, like, especially in teen magazines. And mm-hmm. I read all the teen magazines. <laughs> so yeah. I would see these huge spreads with the entire cast in like 17 magazine. And um, so I was very aware of it watching the movie. And it just, it was annoying. Well, the they're doing the, the whole um, teen movie or teen uh, high school TV show thing with having all the backgr- background extras look like nothing like teenagers. Mm-hmm. So at least they're doing that right. <laughs> well, that guy behind Claire Duval, he's not 17. There is no way he's 17. He's working hard on whatever he's doing, though. He is. <laughs> Yes, he he's probably drawing a penis in the desk or something. Oh, Clea Duvall. She has a movie coming out that she directed that looks really good. All right. Um, yeah, well, obviously, she's... I knew Clea Duvall from that episode of Buffy. So <laughs> I had not been able to watch Buffy at this point because we did not have the WB here. Mm, that's right. I remember you so telling this me that is, before. This might have been my introduction to her. Yeah. They all look so young. That's because they are, but. Um, I have this mental block in my head and I it's hard for me to find anyone who knows what I'm talking about. Okay, Where, like, me. If I watched something when I was a teen, like when I watched this, all these actors are older than me, right? Like Elijah mm-hmm. Wood was probably the same age I, uh, as me when he filmed it as when I watched it. Mm-hmm. They're all older than me. So I'm thinking of them as these, these older actors so even watching it now 22 years later they still feel older to me (laughs) because they were at the time does that make sense yes okay it's like if you look in a yearbook do you guys have yearbooks um well no but i think they started doing it occasionally some schools will but they started doing it after i went to school because i remember when i went to college um that a couple of the the younger people there because i was 21 when i went to college mm-hmm. um there was a couple of like uh 17 year olds i know he's so young um <laughs> 17 year olds and they talked about their yearbooks so i think they mm-hmm. just started doing it around about 1998 roughly well like if i look at a yearbook um like somebody else's high school yearbook. Everyone yeah. looks so young, right? Like they look like children. But if I look at my own high school yearbook, like people look young, but it 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 doesn't feel the same because it's like I knew them then. So they look like I don't know. I feel like that they, they don't look as young. It's the same thing here. Like if I watch a teen movie made now, they look young. But if I yeah. watch something that was made when I was a teen, they don't. Oh man, I hadn't seen the Terminator movies at this point, by the way. So this guy meant nothing to me. All right, okay. Um, I don't know when he was in the X Files. I think it was early two thousands, but uh, but he was in a lot of sort of 
low budget movies and stuff. Oh, he was in Die Hard 2 as well, briefly. He was a terrorist in Die Hard 2 and gets gunned down by Bruce Willis. You know, I um, own all the Die Hard movies, but I've only seen one and four. Oh. <laughs> and see, I've, seen, I've seen Live Free Die Hard so many times. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, like it. Oh, it's bad. It's not as bad as the fifth one, but I'm not a huge fan of it. But... The third one's really good. I'll defend Die Hard 2. A lot of people don't like it, but I'll defend it. But the third film, I, I like this. Get a fucking eye dog. Um, the, and then, if you didn't paint your fucking eyes shut, I like that mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, yeah, give Die Hard 3 a try. That's, that's a good film. Um, it sort of takes it away from the whole he's trapped somewhere thing before the obviously before the fourth film did. Uh, and the first well, two I, films are set at Christmas. Well, I was such a huge Kevin Smith fan when Live Free Die Hard came Ah, out. I get you. And what I like to do is I would watch, because I would watch his evening with DVDs pretty often. Yeah, and anytime so he I. told the, the story about Live Free Die Hard, it made me want to watch it. But that stopped happening once he told his bad Bruce Willis story. But what was hilarious to me is that when he tells that story about Bruce Willis and Die Hard, he makes Bruce Willis sound like such a dick, but mm-hmm. you can tell he thinks he's cool. Mm-hmm. And then later when he's like, oh, he's a dick. I'm like, yeah, you told a story where he sounds like a dick. Oh, I see the, I see the Tommy Hilfiger um, logo and Claire DeBals. It's like once you know, you're going to notice it on like everyone's clothing. Yeah. Look at that facial hair on Jon Stewart. I know. And there's there's Usher getting his uh, I think that's his second of seven lines in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harvey Weinstein had a thing for pop stars in mm. movies, and she's all that was such a hit, and Usher was in it that when they made uh, Get Over It, he insisted that Cisco be in it because he thought like there were some other things that he was just like, well, it worked in She's All That, so we should do it in this movie. Yeah, but he does nothing. It's, you know, it's so crazy. Even, even without knowing what a horrible person Harvey Weinstein is, I hated him because every time I would hear stories about his notes for movies, they just sounded terrible. Like, I enjoy this movie, but I mm. guarantee you, it, he probably, he gave some notes that probably made the movie worse. I think it, I, Usher should have been one of the one of the main kids. I think. Well, at, you know, this movie is very white. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said what I said. Yeah, <laughs> I I just watched. I know you did last summer a couple of days ago. Yeah, and it was just oh, it, there's no black people in that town. No, there isn't actually. Man, I I wish I had dedicated more time with my Halloween week to watching uh, teen slashers from the nineties. The big forty-year-old guy with the um, goatee behind John Stewart just looked at the camera. So, well, I don't know. I don't understand why it 
splits in two why it replicates. I don't understand that, but um <gasps> teacher cursed, man. I know. I haven't seen this in so long. <laughs> it's so, I used to have this movie memorized and now I'm like, what's gonna happen? I like that. That's good sort of foreshadowing there kind of thing. It's like, it's trying to replicate our hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll give like, what's his name again? Um, Stan. Sean Hattesey. Sean Hattesey. Um, I know that, but I just can't seem to get the name out of my mouth. It's weird. Sean Hattesey, right. Uh, I'll give him this. He didn't, like, bulk up for this movie. Mm -hmm. We see him get into the into the shower in a minute, and he just looks like a pasty white guy. He's not exactly built for a, a football player. So Well, because you know. well, in the 90s, this was buff, right? Like, <laughs> Well, I, I doubt he was buff. Because he's not even really, he doesn't but, have any muscle. I'm just saying, if you look at teen stuff from the 90s and look at teen stuff now, it is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The standards that they have to live up to these days is horrifying. That they have to, that everybody has to be buff. But, I mean, even, uh, even back then, like... Xander and Buffy had to be, it's not the same extent as it is now, mm -hmm. but he had to be sort of relatively buff back then. Um, but it looks like the kind of buff where, like, he could still go out and, like, eat cheeseburgers and stuff. Yeah, he wasn't. Whereas, like, you look at Chris Hemsworth and you're like, aw, did you let yourself eat, like, a leaf today? Yeah. Like, Chris Hemsworth was in a, a soap opera called Home and Away. It was an Australian soap opera. Mm -hmm. And he played a teenager in it called Kim. Um, and he was still in high school and he was buff AF. He really <laughs> was quite, I mean, let's look at this though. That's not buff. <laughs> but he, I mean, he's somebody who, body. I think this is better. He probably works out though. Yeah. Okay. It's just not. It's just not to the extent that they have to these days. I hate this scene, by the way, I'm going to have to look away. Why? Because I don't like bare feet and I just hate it. <laughs> I, oh, I just hate it. I hate this scene so much. And then when our hair starts to fall off and scalp, that's oh, I just really don't like it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking. <laughs> oh, it's. Oh, this is the stuff of nightmares. It is. It's horrifying. Poor woman. I wonder how much she got paid for this. I know. <laughs> but then it still just sort of opens up. Like, oh. I know it's disgusting. <sighs> oh, it my just, God. It does sort of open up, like, how does the, how do the aliens work? They take over your body. But ugh, it's not, yeah, a diagnosis of cancer, the kind of cancer that makes your scalp fall off. <laughs> yeah, like your hair will, you know, fall out with. Um, yeah, but not taking your scalp with it. Yeah. 
So he's just doing this in the open. He's just standing there with all the sprinklers on. Um, there's a weird thing here that Rodriguez does is when Piper Laurie's talking to um, Casey and she says, yeah, you understand. But then there's a weird sort of Zoom thing. Mm-hmm. Like that? How? What's that got? How? What? <laughs> what does that mean? Because the, the, the camera sort of zooms in and the music goes, dun, 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 and then he goes, what? And it's like, how you didn't you didn't hear that music. You there's no sound for you to react to. It's, it's just really, really weird. There was a nice party of five joke there. Um, well, the nudity of um Jennifer Love Hewitt yeah. and of Campbell, they said party of prettiness. Yeah. And also back then those two actresses were like notorious for not actually getting naked. They had there was big news about them having like no nudity contracts and stuff like that. One of them has broke that since, but <laughs> <laughs> and at this point they'd both been in Kevin Williamson movies. Yeah. Man, I need I need to watch Party of Five soon. I haven't recorded my podcast in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh man. Sam, and I need Jansen. to find time to watch Scream. Yeah. I actually it was on TV. It was on your your um one of your uh, CBS mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Um Drew, CBS. Yeah, no, Drew Barrymore hosted it. Um and uh I used a VPN and I watched quite a lot of it actually because mm-hmm. uh, I'm fascinated with like edited for TV stuff mm-hmm. and usually American stuff is just American channels they just like dub out the words now they just mute, mute the words rather yeah. than actually but this one had um, but this one actually had like uh, instead of fuck you it was forget you and stuff and I loved it I was I was never watching actual um suddenly there was a noise in my house but my mum apparently everything's okay <laughs> I don't know what the noise was um yeah yeah I'm not a super big Halloween person no uh, so I don't and I'm you know I know people who start like October 1st they start watching horror films and stuff and then just in the days before Halloween, I casually want to be watching slasher movies or something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wish that it was like Halloween season started on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then you had a week or two after that. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd get into it, I think. But I I mean, I used to, usually I would watch a horror movie a day in October. But this year, the world's scary enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I just got a notification pop up on my phone. It was an article from Slate, and it says, movie to Canada won't save you from Trump. <laughs> and that right there, that's a horror. Yeah. It's a horror film. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, they make a lot of noise going out of this closet. I'm amazed that they, they don't get caught straight away. Um, I like this when she just throws the water in her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I get upset sometimes at how loud people are in closets when they're hiding. Oh my god, he's so creepy. That is really um, creepy. Oh god, 
I just, it's these little moments where I'm just like, this, this is, this contributed to men thinking creepy behavior is normal. Yeah. Because Elijah Wood's supposed to be our sweet, nice guy, right? But that's the only time he's really, I mean, pop. Yeah, that's the only time he really does anything like that. I mean, yeah, but it's still gross. And he's well, hiding, of course like, it is. there's clearly something super weird going on here, right? And these teachers yeah. are being creepy and they're hiding and they don't want to get caught. And he's like, wait, I got to sniff this hot girl's hair. Yeah. So, oh, we didn't mention Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek's and a Robert Rodriguez movie. That's a shorter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, God, I didn't see From Dust Till Dawn for like years and years and years. Oh, I loved that movie so much um, when I saw it in the God, and I love it. And it's, you know, I remember people complaining about it, about the genre change um, halfway through. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I'd kind of had it spoiled, but then I got into it and while I was watching it and I totally forgot it. And when it happened, I was like, well, this is genius. Like, that's the kind of movie I'm constantly wanting. Like, I want to be watching, like... A romantic comedy that like in the third act becomes a horror movie like I, yeah. I want I want I wish movies would shift genres more I like that Delilah wants to go and save the nurse but Casey holds her back mm-hmm. um rather than the other way around because it gives Delilah some humanity um considering all we've really seen from her has been a bit of a a biatch Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah, she's she always reminds me of Cordelia at the beginning of this. Yeah. The I'm watching this in Blu-ray, and a lot of the detail is, I mean, is really good. Uh, I did a commentary earlier this week for um, an American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. And that's from 1981. And the blue there, that was really quite sort of uh, hazy and um, there wasn't the detail wasn't good. But here it's really quite sharp. Um, like you can see like clear devals, uh, freckles and stuff when she's on screen. It's really quite a good picture. I love Baby New Earth. Yeah. She looks so good. <laughs> Man, I would not fare well in a horror film. No, neither would I. I'm fat and slow. But she, I don't blame Delilah for just keep running there because that was pretty fucking easy for him just to get up the whiny little bitch. That wasn't like, he didn't fall onto anything. He wasn't trapped by anything. He just fell down and was like, oh, help! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what makes you think that the body would still be there, Casey? Poor guy. Because he still thinks, he still has some hope. He's an innocent fellow, right? Like, he's an innocent little hobbit who has (laughs) lunch by himself and thinks if he calls the police, the right thing will happen. Mm-hmm. Once this is over, I'm going to see if I, if there's a an oral history of the faculty because uh, I would read that. Should have maybe I done that first. 
<laughs> then you would have had some knowledge to part to part on me. Um, yeah, I just want to keep doing commentaries for the rest of my life. I really enjoy doing commentaries. <laughs> I want to cover lots of movies and stuff that we wouldn't really do in the podcast as well. I think it's a good idea. Because if I had my way, the podcast would all just be horror movies. So it's best if we... <laughs> and if you had your way, it would all be teen movies. <laughs> well, that includes teen horror movies. Yeah, that's very, very true. Very true. God, I love me some teen angst so much. I was always wanting to do a horror movie, um, or well, a horror podcast, like horror movies and horror TV shows and stuff. But there's too many of them out there. And I don't I, really have someone who would co-host with me because I don't really know anyone who is into horror as much as I am. I have some friends who do a horror movie podcast. Yeah. It's Beyond Cabin in the Woods. All right. That's what I'm it's called. That and uh, yeah, they, and the, sometimes, I, and this is in the before times, they would do social media posts, like they'd be on Facebook and be like, they'd post about some bad horror movie they're going to see and they're like, if it weren't for this damn podcast, there's no way in hell I would watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I just lost control of my microphone, by the way. I see that. <laughs> and it's the listeners would my... have heard that. Was it loud? Um, that was okay. If it was loud, listeners, we apologize. If it blew out your ears, we're sorry. Okay, I'm going to hold my microphone, so this is going to be kind of weird. Okay. Just Everything pretend, just got really messed up. Just pretend you're about to sing the national anthem or something. Um, oh, so, I would never. <laughs> well, uh, well, you could be any worse than when Roseanne Bard did it. So the, one of the cops here has now been assimilated. Um, and he'll pass it on to the other cop and... You know, so the, the idea is by the end of the film, um, pretty much the entire town's um, assimilated. But we never see what happens to Casey's parents because pretty much after this scene, we don't see them again. Okay, so here's what I love is they said like the drugs um, could be in the spine of the books, right? Mm-hmm. How many people do you think saw this movie and it? gave them a new hiding place for their drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a lot, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. He does have pictures of Delilah up on his wall, so that is also quite creepy. Yeah, and I'll tell you, because I always have to bring things down, I knew a guy like that in high school that like he had a crush on this girl and he was a photographer and one time we went to his house and he had like all these pictures of her hanging there. Mm-hmm. And, but like, you, we're so conditioned to make excuses for people or to accept weird behavior, right? Yeah. So everybody kind of laughed like, oh, he's just creepy, but he's, <laughs> he's sexually assaulted multiple women. So. Ah, uh, oh, Jen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm so dark, but like. Every I'm, single time. 
<laughs> this is the year 2020. Yeah, true. I can't I can't keep lightness in my head. I'm sorry. True. <laughs> Especially when I'm less than a week away from this election being over. That's true. <laughs> like he's got an old <laughs> Apple computer. Yeah. Like the fact that I'm functioning at all right now is impressive. Uh, but anyway, my point is, if you see a guy with a bunch of pictures of a girl that he's clearly been stalking, um, maybe you tell someone. Yeah, of course. Um, Elijah Wood's stunt double who fell off the roof there is about two feet taller than Elijah Wood, and it was very clearly a different <laughs> human being. God, Elijah, he is about, like, he's doing this silly teen movie that he's only doing because he loves Robert Rodriguez and he wants to work with him, right? yeah. It's 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 so interesting to look at this guy and know that he's about to spend three years in New Zealand making these movies, <laughs> these Lord of the Rings movies that are what he'll be known for. Yeah. Right. So how did the how were the faculty actually there at that point, or did um, did he imagine it? Because they disappeared very very quickly. When his dad came out, I don't know. I wish more writers would think through what they're doing. Like, yeah. if you have the faculty there, like, I want you to have really thought through whether or not they're real. Like, even if you don't have an explanation in the movie, if I ask you a question on Twitter, <laughs> I want I want there to be an answer that isn't just you making it up right there. It's the same thing, like. You're going to put, you know, Ghostface in the bushes near Tatum's house. Mm -hmm. I want you to have an actual reason for why that would be happening. And I don't think Kevin Williamson has reasons for these things. No. So has dad's been assimilated then? Or at the very least is going to be. <laughs> um, but pretty much everyone does. Apart from the, the core. I'll say this, though. Like, I mean, Tommy Hilfiger aside, these teens are dressed like normal teens. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of people wearing just, like, shirts and jeans and shit. Like, the thing I hated when I was in high school is you'd watch these movies where everybody was dressed like mini adults. And, you know, girls were wearing, like, crop tops and short skirts. And... I mean, maybe there's some school somewhere that allows that, but <laughs> at my school, it's like they had the the rule of like, you have to put your arm straight down your side. And if your skirt goes above your fingertips, you have to change. Yeah. Like um, there's dress codes. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, you, know, she, you know, Delilah's smart because she has glasses. Yeah, I was quite lucky when I was in high school because we were allowed to wear whatever we want. But then when I left high school, they, they implemented a, um, uh, a uniform uh, that you had to wear. So I was quite lucky. Mm -hmm. um, right, well... Right, I have a question about Delilah. Okay. When was Delilah turned? I don't know. Because is she turned right now and she's just faking it? Mm -hmm. Does she get turned in the scene with John Stewart where the little things are 
or his fingers are going towards her and um, Mary Beth grabs her. Uh, I just don't know when she's turned. Uh, it doesn't make any sense when she's the one. And then her and, um, her and Mary Beth do the thing about the, the snorting and stuff mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it doesn't make it. It doesn't make any sense, but it's still a fun movie. <laughs> I mean, Mary Beth's like a, a, an evil sort of alien queen who wants to take over a world, but she still wants Stokely to find love. And isn't that the main thing? <laughs> she still wants Stokely to be happy. Yeah. I don't... I don't. I don't know if I like the stuff about Cleopatra's character. What well, that she's a lesbian, but she's not a lesbian. Everybody thinks she's a lesbian, and she gets with a guy, and at the end, she dresses quote unquote better. Yeah. And uh, puts makeup on and stuff. Yeah. That's what pisses me off about the Breakfast Club as well. Maybe at the end he should become goth. Instead yeah. of getting the makeover, maybe he gets the makeover. Yeah, or they both just remain exactly the same as they are. Nah, I want to see a guy get a makeover. <laughs> you want to see a guy have a makeover for a woman instead of the other way around? Yes. Yes, that's what I want. It, that's the dream now. It's not a dream <laughs> I've had before, but it's a dream I have now. Oh man, I just the set the sets here look really realistic too. I just had such an attitude in high school, like you know, like you see Elijah Wood's room, and it's so refreshing because it looks normal. Mm-hmm. Because you'd see other teens' uh, rooms in movies, and they would be they would look so perfect, and like there'd be collages that were like perfectly put together, and just everything looked really fake. Maybe it's because I couldn't make a collage to save my life. I tried because I wanted I wanted to be like Julia Stiles <laughs> with her cool wall in a Ten Things I Hate About You. But Elijah Woods just got like a messy room mm-hmm. with just like random stuff on the walls and stuff. I like that. Yeah, Marina's clearly wants to make things look a little, not only a little more normal, but maybe even like dirtier <laughs> than normal messier this doesn't look like a shiny happy hallway no it doesn't does it i mean the lockers are all graffiti on them and stickers on them and a lot of the time you'll see like um lockers and tv shows or movies or whatever and they're all sort of pristine because they're just mm-hmm. brand new lockers <laughs> put there on the set um I don't know if this is uh, was this the interior of an actual school. I don't. I know. mean, it looks like it, but yeah. it could just be a really good. Set. I mean, if it was made for fifteen million dollars, I'm gonna guess this is an actual high school. I'm gonna guess they didn't build sets. Mm-hmm. Man, these teachers are looking so hot. <laughs> and you know what I'm not gonna do for once? I'm not gonna look up, see how old they are, and see that I'm older than most of them. Because uh, I do that a lot, and then I get depressed. What, the teachers? Yeah, like, I look up adults. Yeah, I think and... they're okay with Piper Laurie, so. Well, yeah, yeah, but some of them, like, 
What? See, now I'm going to do it. No, don't, Jen. Don't do it to yourself. Um, this bit here where they're they're going to see the the couple that are always fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's still going crazy. He turns his head and he's about to laugh. (laughs) Right there. He's trying to stifle a laugh. Um, So I'm assuming that's the only take they did. Rodriguez just didn't give a shit and just thought, fuck it, I'll just put that in. Um, But he's supposed to be assimilated, but hey-ho. Yeah, I'm I'm older than some of these teachers. Yeah, see, you should have done that. You should have done that. You know, I felt better yesterday about the fact that I do that because I was listening to the um, Say by the Bell podcast with Mark Paul Gossler, and he was talking about the ages of one of the teachers in the episode, and then um, Principal Belding, and he talked about like how many years older he is than they were at the time, mm-hmm. and he seemed bothered by it, and I was like, stars, they're just like us. Like, he's getting upset about this stuff, too. I felt less alone. It doesn't really bother me. I don't think about it. My problem is I think I'm younger than I am. Like, I constantly think (laughs) I'm, like, very, very young. And then I'm like, oh, you're 38. And I think it's because we get this idea when we're younger about what old is. Mm -hmm. Um. And then you become an adult and you're like, wait, that's not what it is. Like, I, adults don't have their shit together. Um, in the same year as this, I think it was the same year as this, Famke Jansen was in um, Deep Rising. Okay. Which I really enjoy. It's a, it's a B movie. Um, and I think the year before this was uh, Goldeneye. Which is pretty much what you know put her on the map. The thing is, like, the thing with them is really inappropriate, but I do like her telling him off. Oh, absolutely. He was really shitty to her earlier. He was. But I don't like that it's implied that they get together at the end. And now that you've, you know off mic complained to me about his hair. I can't stop looking at it. Oh, his hair's atrocious. <laughs> oh, by the way, Rosie O'Donnell's just made a cameo because she's in a post in the background in the library. Um, so, have you read any of these books that they talk about? No. No, neither have I. I've seen movies based on them. But this conversation doesn't really mean that much anyway, because while they are talking about people getting taken over, like that, I mean, it's not really the same. There is no pods. There's no, um, there's no like duplicate bodies or anything. It's their actual bodies. So, yeah, it's just to show, it's just to show that Stokely has read these and she knows her, knows her stuff. Well, and I'm going to guess it's also a bit of um, that thing of like, you know, in Scream, they talk about horror movies. Uh So in this, they need to talk about this genre. True. Scream's got a lot to answer for, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. It's got a lot to answer for. (laughs) So many knockoffs it gets that 
But that's how it works, right? Like one movie is a little different. It does well. And then everything else has to be like it. And for all, I mean, in this story, this original script came from someone else and then they had Kevin Williamson come in and fix it or something, I think. Yeah. So like, you know, it's one of those things where he could get blamed for trying to do the same thing over again. But for all we know, Harvey's like, here's a bunch of money, come in and do these specific things you did in screen. Yeah. I have a lot of attitude towards Harvey's <laughs> producing decisions. I read a lot about him in these days and uh, like around this time and I just, mm-hmm. ugh, never sounded great. So anytime I see something where I'm like, that's not very original, I'm like, oh, it's probably Harvey. <laughs> he's a great guy so um <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's uh the part of the core group getting together mm-hmm. um and the the little alien thing is now missing dun, dun, dun. i like the scene coming up though with um john stewart that's one of my favorite scenes in the in the movie um, Sometimes I went, wonder, like, what would his career have been if he hadn't gotten The Daily Show? Yeah. Well, I think he's I think he's done all right for himself. <laughs> well, no, but just, like, because if he hadn't gotten The Daily Show, you know, would he, like, he probably would have continued acting, right? Like, yeah. what kind of Jon Stewart movies would we have? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are some glasses that Delilah's gone. I like them. Yes, I do. But I hate that they are. They're look at his hair. Look at his hair. Look at his hair. Look at that hair. Look at it. Look at it, Jen. (laughs) Jealous. No, I had like my hair sort of, if I don't get it shaved, it does sort of go like that. Mm -hmm. So. But I'm not in a, a movie. I'm not a, a, a teen heartthrob actor. So, you know, oh, brush the fucking hair, man. Look at it. It's awful in this scene. Sorry. <laughs> in the late 90s, I feel like there were a lot of questionable hair yeah. hairstyles. Like the, a lot of guys had the like frosted tips. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to corrupt this sweet southern girl. I know bastard how dare he dead like me that's the other thing she was on some yeah. dead like me that's right yeah she replaced rebecca gayhart oh yeah see it's going full circle <laughs> rebecca gayhart because we did a commentary for her religion so. so the other day it occurred to me i was in the middle of dead like me like i was re-watching it but I was re-watching it when I was working out at the gym and mm. then the pandemic started and I completely forgot. Like, sometimes I just think about things I was doing before COVID. Yeah. And I just completely forgot what normal life was like. See, that is a good point though. If you were wanting to take over the world, would you blow up the 
the White House, like Independence Day style, or would, would you want to go in the back mm-hmm. door? And that is a good point. I do think if aliens invaded, they would do it sort of covertly. And... I mean, that's that's something I've always thought about, the, the idea that we like to, well, first of all, the idea that Americans like to think that aliens would immediately come to America. Yeah. Take over. Yeah. And that they would own, and usually it's that they've only come to America, right? Yeah. Um, and then that they would go straight for New York or Washington or something. And it's like, what? maybe they'd go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they would start out in Prince Edward Island, Canada. <laughs> like, <laughs> we make a lot of assumptions. Like, maybe they would look at America and be like, oh, no. We're getting a very weird close-up of John Stewart's face. Like he's wee shrug though. Um, my favorite. I I really enjoy stunts, and my favorite stunt uh, of any of these kind of movies, and it's really strange because it's just a simple stunt, but is when Zeke gets thrown backwards through the uh, the fish tank. Mm-hmm. I love that stunt so much, um, because it looks. <laughs> I know his fingers get caught. Like, here, like, look, I think this is when Delilah gets... Because they two are hiding behind that table. And I think this is when Delilah gets um, assimilated. And uh, this, right there, I think in this chaos, this is when she... Ah, I love that stunt. <laughs> you can tell that it's a stunt double in HD, but I don't care. It's so good. That is such a... I mean that would that would be sore. <laughs> so um I just love stunt men and women. And that's good. I mean, you see the ceiling there and it looks disgusting. It looks like an old sort of high school. So yeah, it's a really it's really good setting. And I love that um Stan throws the the blade to Zeke. And it's like they're all in it now. <laughs> all in it together well because this is the breakfast club yeah I, lines like that seem a bit forced though isn't this the, the time when someone says let's get the fuck out of here and then someone says let's get the fuck out of here it's kind of oh it, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a recording if Jen's dogs didn't start barking so yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh I get worried when it doesn't happen, so. Well, and this is, at this point, they normally have eaten. Oh, right. So they're probably pretty mad at me. Um, I also <laughs> think my husband might be coming home. Because we're recording this at a very different time yes. than normal. And it's during the week and not the weekend. Yeah, it's very so. strange time. It's very odd. So everyone has been assimilated apart from this code group then, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which I don't understand how. Uh, is because it, it's a movie. No, no, but is this the same day as um, when we saw Casey's dad drop him off at school? I think. Right, I think it must be because his dad was assimilated after that, I'm assuming. There was an extra there who looked a bit like James Masters, and that was quite weird. 
I, man, I just, I watch movies like this and I, you know, I see how scary it all is and stuff. Like, mm. I'm just like, would I have just like killed myself at this point? Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Why did I bother podcasting with you? You're so morbid. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I really feel it more with zombie movies, but I'm just oh, like. Oh, zombie movies, I'd be, yeah, I'd be dead. I, I'm just like, I think I wouldn't even try, but I wouldn't want the zombies to take me because that seems painful. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to be a zombie. Like, I don't want to be part of the problem. No, no, no. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know. There's a lot of people fitting in that small car. Yeah. Oh man, that's an old car. As... I never realized they're police officers, Stan. He said, who the fuck are these guys? You can you can you know who they are, you can tell they're wearing uniforms. Idiot. <laughs> nice house he's in this town, though. <laughs> I was about to say it's a cute house. Because that pretty much looks like um Casey's house as well. Oh God, such 90s clothes. I know. I have this theory that what the reason why a lot of us like to go back and rewatch things we've seen over and over and like rewatch things we watched when we were younger is because you can't go back and visit those times and this is the closest you get. Right. Like, yeah, I feel the same about the 80s. <laughs> like, because, you know, I, I'm i somebody who will obsess about, like, like I'll, I'll think about the past a lot. And, you know, sometimes you think, like, I wish I could go back to there and see, like, I mean, there's various things, like, you would change things or you just want to see if things were, like, how you remember or whatever. This mm-hmm. is the closest you can get. Yeah. Oh, the wee mouse. And he's going to kill the wee mouse. Well, and look at how smart he is. He's a he's, smarty. He's just a bad guy. He is, yeah. And he kills Oscar. Um, if he, I mean, I know he wanted to cut it open to see... Um, to see how it worked and stuff inside, but you can pretty much tell how it worked. But um, if he just left it, Oscar would have been fine. You know? If he didn't kill Oscar, um, Oscar would have been fine. Hashtag justice for Oscar. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So... Um, the two aliens who are currently in the room show more emotion about um, Oscar getting his neck snapped and Stokely, who's currently still human. Yeah, well, they're they're aware of of where they are and the role they're playing. Yeah, they're very good actors. <laughs> they have to give a they have to give a good performance. Uh, which, like Mary Beth, you know, the whole movie is just like 
she seems a little over the top but you're just like oh that's just that's just a choice or whatever and then you yeah. find out it's like oh that alien is weird like doesn't know how to yeah. just like blend in the alien makes you overreact i mean overact sorry not overreact that's a different word but it makes you overact the alien i like where he puts the the bit of tissue paper over oscar and he sort of puts his hand over it like mm -hmm. um like he's petting oscar oh, that's quite cute So we're going to get some. We're going to get some really weird sort of um, stoned acting, <laughs> high acting from these from these actors, uh, especially Elijah Wood, who just giggles the entire time and it's great. You take it. Um, we're not quite there yet, but. <laughs> Do you remember back in the day when people would talk about someone being a nerd? It was always Trekkie. Trekkie? Yeah. Like she called her a Trekkie sci-fi freak. And it's just like, that was the thing people went to. They didn't even go to Star Wars. It was always Trekkie. Like, I never understood that. Was Same it just here. that Star Trek, there was like almost always some kind of Star Trek on? So it was like on I people's think, minds. I think Star Trek was also seen as sort of cheap, especially original Trek. So it's not just an insult of someone being into science fiction. It's an insult of someone being into cheap science fiction. Whereas Star Wars were big budgeted, sort of good looking movies. I think it's that sort of thing. And now it's cool to like these things. Yeah. People can like whatever they want. Um, don't listen to the, the arseholes on the internet that try to tell you any different. If you like some weird, obscure thing from the 1980s, you like it. You're not harming me any, so... Do they, so do they know that they're both aliens? Like, does each one know the other one? That's, that's my issue. I don't know. Because if she's the queen, you would think other aliens would try to protect her. But a lot of the time that they're trying to harm her. <laughs> it's, it's strange. It makes zero sense to me. From like a story point of view, um, it kind of does. So there's there's a car driving up outside Zeke's house. So obviously, I don't know. Either you're supposed to think that, oh, someone's going to come in. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if you're actually supposed to think that it's a getaway car for one of them yet. I just love how Stan's like, I don't do drugs. It's like, dude, you also usually don't fight aliens. Yeah. Like, in this kind of situation, you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, Casey has a point. Why does he need, need to go first? 
especially when uh, Zeke says, I don't get high on my own supply. And it's like, bitch, everybody else is doing it. Take some. Yeah. If I'm in this situation, I'm probably, if nobody else is coming forward, I'm probably volunteering to do it first because I just want to prove to everyone I'm not an alien. Yeah. And I want to get it over with. I just, I feel like my behavior in the situation would not be like it is in the movies. Yeah. Well, I forgot to say that the soundtrack, the score is by Marco Bertrami. And I like late 80s Marco Bertrami um, because he did Scream. and you Scream late 90s? Late 90s, yeah. Scream and Scream 2 are two of my favourite sort of horror movie scores. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't even look like he took any there, by the way. Um, but the score he did here, I, I enjoy it, but there are some parts where it's quite clearly the Scream score. Mm-hmm. Like where he's where we he's doing the whole Oscar thing. The music in the background is from Scream and it gets repeated later on. Um so a lot of time in horror movies, especially like dimension films or whatever, you would hear some music from Scream. Halloween H2 always got music from Scream because they didn't like what the composer did. So they just used music from Scream. Yeah, I actually have the screen uh, score on CD somewhere. Yeah, I love it. I love those two scores. Ooh, apparently Kevin Williamson was supposed to direct this, but he chose not to, so he could direct uh, Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Right, okay. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? <sighs> Such a long time ago. I don't think I've seen it since it was released. It was my introduction to Helen Mirren. Yeah. She was on TV and stuff here, so. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. Sorry. Oh, I was just looking up the um, the soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, once again, it's a good soundtrack. It's got garbage on it. And Oasis. And this one, yeah, they do the, the end credit song. I got to go get, I got to go through my CDs later. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. It's got Creed, though. I hate Creed. It's got a sort of not awful, but not great um, cover of um, Changes by David Bowie. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. Mullins does it. And that's the second it. song in end credits. Well, and at, the, at this point, I don't really know classic rock at all. Um, and in the 90s, there were a lot of soundtracks like there were some songs that I knew you did last summer too um that were like covers from modern bands but I didn't know they were covers yeah so like changes I thought that was a Sean Mullen song mm-hmm. and like for years and it's so weird like later when when I started getting into classic rock realizing that practically all the songs from late 90s soundtracks were covers yeah I really like this bit where um, Stokely just grabs a gun and says, I'll fucking shoot her. <laughs> that's just like, that's a, that's a Stokely. You know, for what we know is Stokely, that's Stokely. <laughs> she doesn't like Delilah anyway, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Look, I've never touched a gun, 
but I'm in this situation. I'm probably going around shooting a lot of people if I get my hands on a gun. Yeah. So the stunt double who crashed through the door was wearing a really awful wig. It was just a big sort of dark wig. Mm-hmm. It did not look like Jordana Brewster at all. I'm so glad I don't notice those things. <laughs> I never noticed stuff like that. I never noticed if like a a boom mic like drops into the shot. I never I never noticed. I very rarely notice those unless it's like extremely obvious. Like if it's an entire boom mic, you can actually see it at the top. But um, but no, it's stuff like that. I don't usually notice. Stunt doubles are noticed because they're front and center a lot of the time. So they think it's that the queen is the principal, but we know it's not. Mm-hmm. So that sort of dilutes the tension a teeny wee bit, I think. Um, because we know they're wrong. <laughs> and it's just, it's not really suspenseful because we're just waiting for them to find out they're wrong mm-hmm. rather than us finding out they're wrong with them. Do you know what I mean? So but it's see, not th- a mystery. There's something exciting about watching something and realising, like, Oh, I know. I know more information than these guys do than my main uh, characters. See, I don't. I don't like it that much. Or, I mean, oh, that I, was a bloody good stunt as well. That football player just getting fucked up. Um, sorry. I mean, I like. There's a frustration, right, where you like you start yelling at them, like you're wrong. I have this information, and you should know it too. Mm-hmm. But it's also just like waiting for them to figure shit out. I don't know. I kind of yeah. like it. So, uh, another Brick in the Walls playing again, but it's the mm-hmm. actual like, lyric version. And it's from uh, a group called Class of 99, mm-hmm. but it was like a, a super group. Because it had Lane Staley from Alice in Chains, uh, Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine, Stephen Perkins of Jane's Addiction, and Martin Lenoble um, of Porno for Pyros. And um, they just got together just for this one, one song, I think. So, um, and I really like it. Uh, I love the original song, but I really like this cover. I used to, sorry. Oh, it's so interesting. Like, why? How did they get them together? What happened? What's the story? I don't know, but, you know, maybe they were just, they were just looking for someone to do this song because of the subject matter. Um, You know, hey, teacher, leave them kids alone. Uh, So I just, I don't know. Maybe Somebody just said, you know what? We can maybe get we can maybe get um Lane Staley from uh, Alice in Chains and then maybe he asked for some favors. I don't know. So the 
principal's gonna die here. <laughs> and she does, like, she does die. Uh, a lot of people come back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, Fabrica Jansen, lo- Jansen loses her fucking head and still comes back at the end. Um, but yeah, it's ridiculous. I just, I just Elijah Woods just had it. I know. They should just throw some on her, en- throw some on her enemy. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about plunging it into her eye. Just throw some on her. Don't hesitate, guys. Just do it. I know. See, in these situations, you gotta assume everyone's a bad guy. Yeah, but if they think if they think that they can get them back, why shoot her in the head? They think she's a queen, fair enough, right? Mm-hmm. But there, there's got to be another way. You know what I mean? If yeah. they're wrong and she's not the queen, then they've just murdered the principal. But... I, you know, it's kind of like that thing of like, you know, you're on a train and you go one way, you're going to hit one person, you go the other way, you're killing like a busload of people or whatever, um, or you're killing like five people, whatever it is, the morality thing. Yeah. Um, if you kill one person while you're trying to save humanity, mm-hmm. you, I feel like you can't beat yourself up. <laughs> too much about that because you're trying to save everyone right no i know but i know but in the context of this when people come back to life with their heads been cut off it just it just seems senseless to me story-wise but that's really quite clever what mary beth does um she throws all of the the drugs she gets rid of all of the drugs Mm -hmm. because she knows that the drugs are um dangerous to her so that's quite a sort of clever little nod there that she's that she could be the, the queen. So Stan's going to play the hero and then instantly fail. <laughs> but at least he tried. Mm-hmm. Stan. Stan's a good guy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, did you forget they kissed? I just think it's a really inappropriate time to kiss. Yeah. It's just it's really weird. And he's gotta keep his head in the game. I don't know. I I think she's gay and she's trying re- like She's not having a good time with people thinking she's a lesbian and she's trying really hard to pretend to be straight. Yeah. I just like I Elijah Wood is. and um, Josh Hartnett's reactions there to the kiss. They're trying to stifle their, their laughs because they're still, you know, teenage boys and they think it's hilarious. Oh my God. That's quite freaky. Run, Stan. 
wonder, like, you know, so the gym rules there, and I'm wondering, do they still have no smoking signs in gyms now? What, like, since smoke, Yeah, like, since smoking isn't as much of a thing, like, because this is at a time when a lot of your students and teachers are going to be walking around with cigarettes in their pocket, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, in the late 90s, but mm-hmm. now, that wouldn't be the case. I mean, I guess you put no vaping, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, these days it's really obvious to like it's more noticeable to me when I'm watching a movie and there's any like even reference to smoking. Yeah. I know I've never smoked. I just never saw the attraction in it. I smoked for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's not healthy for you. Apparently not. <laughs> so how long how long have you stopped? Um, I stopped when, um, like a year before I had, or I guess it was like around the time I found out I was pregnant with right. Xander, I stopped. Um, and then I actually relapsed a couple of years ago because I was very, very, very stressed. And uh, Dylan got drunk once and uh, brought cigarettes into our house. And he was just like, oh, this is gross and didn't do it again. <laughs> but then I did. Um but I quit. That's good. Yeah, it's, I, (laughs) the past four years uh, have been kind of insane. And a lot of, especially like this year, I'm lucky I haven't relapsed recently. Like people have taken up a lot of bad habits since Trump went into office. And Mm. uh, I did the smoking. I've drank more than I ever drank before. Although I'm not as much anymore. And then (laughs) a lot of people gained a lot of weight. (laughs) myself like it's it's just tough times man i would i would be pacing how are they just sitting there um zeke was pacing but then he sat down maybe they're all just sort of taking turns and now they're all tired (laughs) so only now he's saying that he's got some of his Car. Yeah, that's really weird to me. I mean, obviously it's a script thing; it's got to be that way. But I think Elijah Wood just nearly fell in his ass there, slipping in the rain. I think. And another thing coming up that's really strange is when Casey goes into the the school bus. Delilah's there? Mm-hmm. So how does Delilah know that he's going to be in that bus? Or, I think she's just hiding. Yeah, she's she's just hanging out in the bus? She's hiding. Why? Because she knows they'll kill her. Who'll kill her? The people with the drugs. But why not hang about with all the other aliens? I don't know. Maybe she doesn't know who. Maybe, maybe she doesn't know who else is an alien, or maybe she's just a loner. Maybe. Or actually, because she came in from the front. I mean, maybe she, she did come in from the front. Yeah, you're so right. Maybe she just saw him go in there. Yeah, that's that makes more sense. <sighs> Poor Casey. I know. 
I, I just wonder why are there so many buses in that parking lot? Because it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be anybody else there besides the team. Well, I think, is that not maybe from the other school that is there for the football game? Yeah, but look, there's no one in the stadium. Maybe they're all just hanging out. Where? I, I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> there's a lot of buses there. There's too many buses there. It doesn't make sense. And buses don't get parked at schools at the end of the day. So maybe I need to stop picking apart this dimension film from 1998. No, it's okay. <laughs> it gives us something to talk about. It gives us something to talk about. Oh, uh, he, he was looking in his 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 um his trunk there, and there's like six pens in the front seat. Um, well, here's the thing. Okay, so I was I was willing to dismiss the idea that he had a bunch in his car and he forgot, right? Mm -hmm. Like the idea that he has a stash in his trunk. I get that. That might not necessarily be on his mind. But they were in the front seat. Yeah. He was just in the front seat driving there. Mm -hmm. After they figured out that that's going to help, why wouldn't he have grabbed them? I know. It's strange. you think he would take them with them, but you need it for plot purposes, Jen. Well, okay. The thing is, is I'm sure that, you know, there's plenty of plot problems in movies these days, but I'm going to assume that whenever I see so many mistakes in a movie, I assume that it's because they didn't understand what the internet was going to be like. <laughs> they didn't understand we were going to pick things apart. They didn't understand that maybe we were like going to have these things on DVD and streaming and watch them over and over again. And um, to the extent that we do. Yeah. And, uh, because right now the internet is a little baby, right? Like people are still using AOL or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, God, that's crazy. It makes no <laughs> sense though. It makes no sense. It's it's a striking image. It's a creepy image. It's very sort of poor CGI, like compared to now, but it's, you know, it's fine for the day. Um, oh, she's looking for her head. I know. And I love his... I love his, like, just sort of, fuck this, I'm out of here. It's like, yeah, I would to mate. Just run. Um, but it makes no sense. How is she alive? It makes no sense. Well, and it, they imply at the end that they get together, but, like, could you really be with someone after witnessing that? Also, could you could you be with someone after they did that to you because it was his fault? <laughs> like, I, don't, I just, I don't think I could get that image out of my head. I know. I know. It's like you're really hot and all, but I did see your head sort of crawl about on its own. Aww. And this is where we're going to find out that Mary Beth is the queen because no fucking duh. <laughs> I don't think I guessed it when I watched it. It's kind of obvious in the fact that she's the new kid. 
Well, because the way my mind thinks is there'd be a certain point where I'd be like, okay, well, she's new. Like, she's probably the queen. And I'd be like, but that's what they want us to think. So it's yeah. probably not it. Like, I'm the kind of person that at some point I do figure out the end. But then I'm like, well, they're trying to trick me. So that's not the end. It's like the the color and scream. It's like, is it him? No, it's not. Is it? No, it's not. Is it? No, it's not. Yeah, it's well, that's the genius with two killers, right? That like, yeah, you can even figure out part of it, but the odds that you're going to figure out the entire thing are very small. And then, you know, by the third movie, you're like, well, there's two killers, but no, no, there's just TV Scott Foley. <laughs> yeah, don't go into the room with a ton of water. I hate screen free. It's okay. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. It's one of my least favourite movies of all time. Really? Oh, poor Stokely. Oh, yeah, I hate it. Despise it. But, but Scream 3, a movie produced by Harvey Weinstein, is, <laughs> touching on, is touching on sexual abuse in Hollywood. Yeah. Way before, we, way before most people understood how bad it gets. This is a good shot when she's underwater and... Mm-hmm the things coming up behind her um so i'm assuming this is where stokely gets infected i don't know how because we don't see it happen but she's infected now see i like scream 3 okay but i wish like i often wonder what these sequels would be like if instead of being like well scream was super popular so we gotta crank these things out if they've been like okay let's take some time to really think about the story and to really like like if it takes five years to figure out how to make the best sequel we can then let's do it but they're just like no we got to get it out but i love scream 2 i think scream 2 is great and that was out the the year after Scream 1. Well, a big problem there is that they, uh, Kevin Williamson left. Yeah, and true. Once again, because of the teaching Mrs. Tingle thing, and they brought in Aaron Kruger, and he is not the best. But no. uh, Scream 2, I do enjoy it. It is good, but it's also that thing that drives me crazy sometimes where they're trying to get a sequel out quickly. So they straight up take the formula of the first one and that's what the second one is that like it's like they outline the first one and then change the names of a lot of it it's it's kind of like um you know like if you watch american pie you know the first scene he gets caught masturbating the first scene in the second movie he gets caught with a girl like midway through there's the internet thing where like they're watching him and shannon elizabeth and then in in American Pie 2, mm-hmm. it's that thing of like, oh, well, they have the walkie-talkies where everyone's listening to this thing that's happening. And it's the same, like, I remember there was a, it was the same with, like, Rush Hour 2, same with Scream 2, where it's just like, if they'd taken another couple of years, maybe they could have come up with a more interesting story. I like Scream 2 a lot. I do too, I'm just saying. No, no, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Um, that's... <sighs> Right, watching this in HD, you see a lot more um, nudity than I think you're supposed to see. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Uh, but also, 
Stokely and Mary Beth argue who, over which one is um, the alien. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't understand how Casey is actually um, able to move after taking this drug again. <laughs> so, you know, he's got, he's got good tolerance for drugs. Good for Casey. I, I, I would just be gone. Like, I, I, my tolerance for anything is not great. So I'm sure that drug would just, I would be useless to everyone. He does say, I'm seeing two of everything, so. And this is another good stunt. This guy just get launched over lockers. Oh. Oh, your back would be so fucked up after that. I know. And now Stokely is saying he's over here. It's weird. Anyway, I do like that it's Casey who's the hero, and it's not Zeke. Mm-hmm. It could very easily have been Zeke, because they've been leading up to that the entire time that Zeke's the... Zeke's the one to beat. But um, I like this shot where this here, where you see the shadows mm-hmm. um, of the tentacles. I think that's really quite cool. She doesn't need to be nude. She doesn't need to be nude at all. Because when she transformed, her clothes transformed with her. Yeah, HD's not doing this. I'm assuming this is a body double here, but she's not doing her any favours at all. As a body double, you can see her face very clearly. Because I remember seeing it before and it was really quite dark. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't see anything. Yeah, you can't really. I'm watching DVD and you can't yeah. really see much. Yeah, it's, it's quite. It's brightened up a bit in, um, in the HD version. There's actual nudity on screen. Man, like, she's really just trying to hurt him. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's trying to make him feel like she's trying to talk him into it, but it's like. She's really thought a lot about like his place in this world. Yeah. And how he's treated. <laughs> and I do like when he's running away and all the lockers are getting thrown about behind him. But, Whoa. But that um that creature looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think about this a lot. What? The creature this. looking ridiculous? No, the um like if I'm in a gym mm-hmm. and I'm like on bleachers or something like this, I think about this a lot. Like I think like and I start to get freaked out. Like you know, if like if I see somebody below them or something, I'll think like what if somebody pushes the button and they go in and <laughs> somebody gets smashed. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't, for some reason, this really stuck with me. The thing about this is, they don't set up the bleachers at all. 
usually in movies they would like set up the bleachers and you would see them move. Oh, look like a heart. You would see them move like um, at the beginning of the movie or something. Mm-hmm. But here, no, it's just he just. That's good though, because the then yeah, you don't see it coming. Exactly. I'm sick of shots of things where it's like. Oh, well, I bet that's going to be important later. Yeah. No, I'm glad it doesn't do that. That looks really painful. All those things in his face. <laughs> yeah, because I never noticed the detail in this creature before either. It's, it, watching it in HD, it's got lots of sort of, like, freckles and stuff, and it looks really good. It won't be freckles, but it looks like freckles. No. Oh, I, <laughs> I look to see, like, what's Robert Rodriguez been doing? And he did a Lady Gaga video recently. Oh, did he? Oh, it, cool. He's making a lot of stuff I just don't watch. Right. I think he directed episodes of the From Dust Till Dawn TV show. Yeah, he did. Um, he did Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, I don't... kind of came and went. He didn't direct that, though, I don't think. No, he directed it. You know who one of the writers is? James Cameron. Yeah, it was, it was one of his ideas. Wait, did he do He didn't direct Alita, did he? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at IMDb right now. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought he just produced it like James Cameron did, but there you go. Well, and now I'm more interested in this movie because if anything, like, well, it, did... First of all, did James Cameron write this recently? Or is this like something older? No, I think he wrote it recently. I think. And I would like to watch it because this guy does not make the James Cameron movies I want to see. And I'm curious if that is anything like the James Cameron movies I want to see. Because I definitely don't want to see blue aliens have sex. Yeah. See, the coach hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling them fuck pukes. It's not. It's not nice. He's not a good man. Right, why the fuck is Zeke a football player now? Because he has realised he has potential to be popular. Oh, oh this is gross. But he's, he's 18. He's, you know, been, <laughs> he's been held back a year. He's still smoking. I love the smoking. And now she's she's wearing lavender rather than black. It's because she's found love. Yeah. And Stan's looking really sweaty. He's not now, but he was. I just... At least it's not pink, I guess. No, True. Because what Ali Sheedy is wearing at the end of Breakfast Club makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Oh, he's on people and time. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah, I like that it, it, it ends, like, it's happy, but you know, he's, he's getting hounded or he's getting to kiss Delilah. You know, some of the pairings is a bit strange. But um, 
now he's getting hounded by the press all the time and you know it's not it's not happy happy mm-hmm. but at least they're not all aliens um the last line is um things sure have changed haven't they and that's an adr line and it just seems sort of out of place because like he's saying that to delilah who knows things have changed mm-hmm. it just seems a bit that seems like an afterthought so we're going to get the boo um we're going to get the um the uh the cast and they're in alphabetic order which is unusual not unusual, but it's um, it's rare. But I think Scream did that as well, didn't they? Alphabet yeah, Alpha. I think so. And I love this. I love, like, these days it's not as important because you can be sitting in the theater and look things up on IMDb. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you, in a world where you can't look stuff up, I kind of like at the end that they're like, here's who played each character. Yeah. Also... What happened to B.B. Newworth's character? And Usher Raymond's character? They just disappeared. And John Stewart's got... No, Usher was White. playing football at the end. Oh, so he was, sorry. Um, so he went, he went back to school with um, his hand bandaged up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he just went straight back to school, John Stewart. That's right, he did. Um, and I forgot that... You say that this was like... Robert Rodriguez probably just taking a paycheck, but he also edited the movie because he does do that with all of his movies. Um, yeah. So that's more like, that's less like being a, a director for hire if he's also editing the movie. I Usually mean, ed- director for hires, would they would be given a, a, an editor as well. So, I mean, he, I'm sure Rodriguez, because he, he always edits... Which is like, this is what I do. I edit my movies. Yeah, yeah. I'll, di- I'll direct your movie, um, but I'm going to have to edit it as well. Because he was like, he was a, a Miramax slash Dimension guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he he had a sweet contract. With... Okay, I thought so. Wiley Wiggins was fuck up number two. Uh, right. With Danny Masterson. Okay, I was I like... Okay, Wiley Wiggins, um, he was the freshman in Dazed and Confused. Night. Uh, who was always pinching his nose. And uh, he was also in Waking Life. Um, he's just, an, like, this was filmed in Austin. He, he's an Austin actor mm. who uh, Link later worked with. Um, of course this was filmed in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you'd expect with a Robert Rodriguez movie. Well, that's kind of a weird little movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. I, I like it, but re-watching it, it's just there's a lot there that's just sort of... It doesn't make sense. Um, especially Famica Jansen's character ha- having a head again and being alive and... and uh, I don't really, I don't really, there hasn't really been any set up with um, Delilah and Casey, Mm -hmm. not as much as there was with um, uh, 
Stokely and Stan. Yeah. So seeing them at the end was a bit strange as well, but yeah, yeah, I I still enjoy it. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's just the the thing that I'm learning um, about these kind of movies is that Scream, I think, really made everything look worse because as time passes, like as you get older and movies change and you change, you know, you watch movies like this and even if you like it, it's like, oh, well, there's a lot of problems or, you know, sometimes you you watch a movie like here younger and you're like oh, i still like it but it's not good mm-hmm. but like scream is just like legit a solid movie there is actually a, a, a tommy a tommy jeans logo in the mm-hmm. in the credits oh, i see here. that yeah yeah but i think that that kind of hurts things when you have this movie that's yeah. like it's still so good yeah scream is a genuinely good movie and then uh, like we learned with like urban legend and this, a lot of the knockoffs just they they can be good, but yeah, none of them none of them can live up to scream. Yeah, it's just like watching things age. It's just really interesting what ages well and what does not. Mm-hmm. And it is the knockoffs that tend to not age as well. Yeah, but Scream's just gonna go. It's just gonna be a classic. Absolutely. That was the faculty. It was indeed. <laughs> um, if you would like to hear more from us, we have a podcast and uh, another commentary for what was it, Urban Legend um, on shifttobench.co.uk. If you would like to send us some feedback, it's contact at shifttobench.co.uk. you like to follow me, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod on the Twitters. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Jen? Um, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, and uh, sometimes I tweet. Yay! <laughs> tweet. Um, yeah, so we'd like to thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.